This week on the podcast, we talk about how we make a safe place on the interwebs for the environment by using a .eco, a top-level domain. And we're going to figure out how this clever group is doing that. This is Using the Whole Whale, a podcast that brings you stories of data and technology in the nonprofit world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. We're going to have some fun today talking about a high-level concept regarding TLDs, top-level domains. And this is kind of like the way, you know, how all websites kind of end with a .com or .org or .edu. Well, the governing bodies that be opened up basically the Wild West, saying anybody who registers and can apply for and make the case for a TLD, a top-level domain, can then run and manage it and provision new sort of .com, or in this case, .eco addresses. So we have a lot more opportunities to create uh, better aligned brand names, uh, and you know we can have some fun, and, and that's how you've been hearing maybe fun TLDs like a .ninja or a, a .limo, as some people like to joke around. However, if we're focusing on the environment, we're focusing on the nonprofit industry, there's some big ones that have moved out there, such as the .ngo to officially register nonprofits. And now, coming up in 2017, the .eco, the .eoc TLD. And this is gonna allow, hopefully, nonprofits or environmental organizations that want to create uh, destinations online to make sure that uh, we move the agenda forward with regard to the environment. Fun topic. You have a little bit of a primer, but we're going to hear directly from the people that have been pushing this initiative forward uh, and should be exciting to hear from Trevor and Jacob, the co-founders of BigRoom.ca, and how they went about this. It seems as though in my excitement of recording this episode that I pronounce .eco as .eoc at times. Please don't be confused by this. I'm only referring to the .eco, the .eco TLD domain. Alrighty, enough with the disclaimer, on with the show. And I'm here with uh, the co-founders of Big Room, who have a very cool project you've been working on. Uh, Trevor and Jacob, guys, how you doing? Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Jacob, why don't you jump in here? What is what is a Big Room? <laughs> uh, thanks very much, George. Uh, so Big Room is a big corporation based in Vancouver, Canada, and we run the .eco internet extension. So like a .org or a .com, .eco is a new extension that's launching next year. It's been designed by and launched, uh, in, it is launching in collaboration uh, with the environmental community. Awesome. And Trevor, same thing. You're a co-founder, you guys started this together. Why, um, why did you get going in this, in this direction? Yeah, that's right. Jacob and I started Big Room in about 2007, and we saw a huge opportunity with uh, the new app. 
application round that was coming for new top-level domains. There was an opportunity a couple years ago to apply for any new extension that you could think of. So people applied for .shop and .app and uh, right down to .shoes and .horse. And Jacob and I had worked together for a long time before, and we thought, what a great opportunity for the environmental community to have a role in operating a new piece of internet infrastructure, and what a great opportunity to figure out how the community could really use that piece of inter internet infrastructure effectively. Yeah, wow, so what a you know what a funny time. Like, what the heck is a TLD anyway? You said top-level domain, TLD. Like, where are these things coming from, and who is this like, you know what, internet, you need more of these things. Can you give us a, a high level of what's going on with regard to TLDs? Yeah, happy to. Um, this is a part of the whale that not a lot of people talk about. Um, it's core infrastructure of the internet. These domain name endings are responsible for making sure that there's only one domain name, uh, that each domain name is unique on the internet. So there's only one uh, wholewhale.org, for example. Um, and that every time you type it in, it goes to the appropriate website. So these domain name endings are run by registries. Uh, and they run them under contract from ICANN, which is a multi-stakeholder organization which coordinates the domain name system and the IP addressing system of the internet. So these folks are in charge of the proverbial pipes and the pipes had been pretty clogged up. A lot of domain name registrations are taken. Uh, you might have bought uh, sex.com for $6 20 years ago and now you're selling it for a million dollars. And that reason is because there is scarcity in the market for these good uh, quality keywords that are super useful for search and awareness and for human recognition on the internet. So the regulator uh, about eight years ago decided they were gonna give people a chance to apply for new top level domain endings, uh, $200,000 and a hugely complicated application process meant that you could have a shot at your own chunk of internet real estate. Uh, Trevor and I were probably the only two environmentalists uh, that knew this was happening in the world uh, because uh, we'd both been involved with ICANN previously and we knew that ECO was going to go uh, most likely to the highest bidder unless we could pull together a coalition of environmental groups from around the world to articulate a third way, uh, which is a public-private partnership, uh, community-run approach to .eco that uh, ensures that it's run in the best interest of the community. So eight years later, uh, we did it. Uh, .eco was added to the internet on August 28th of this year, and it's launching next year. Man, that's a that's quite a project and road for it. And also, I just want to say um, that may or may not be a record. We've been talking for three minutes about the internet and only mentioned sex once. Well, not twice. Not bad, team. Not bad nice. at all. Nice. So, all right, I'm confused. Why the, you know, just playing dumb here. Why do we need a .eco when, frankly, you know, there's a .ngo out there? And by the way, a .org. Can't anybody just grab these things, toss it up, and say, you know what, I'm now George.eco. I'm now, like, I'm now George.org and George.ngo. Like, what is your thinking as to, one, why this is needed, and um, is, it, is it more validating to be a .eco versus something else? Well, I think to start with what Jacob described in terms of scarcity describes a problem that a lot of organizations face. They're looking for a name for their organization, for a campaign that they're running. If you're a company uh, that's 
got a new product or a new service or you're just launching, one of the first things you're going to do is go and look for a domain name. And if you look at some of these legacy namespaces, you'll find that all the good choices are gone. And so it's one of the reasons why this application round was opened up. It was to create more land, basically, on the Internet. And so .ngo actually came out of the same application round that we've applied for .eco in. And you know, a lot of applicants for different extensions uh, have thought, I want to apply for this extension because there's a community that I want to serve, or I think that there is a way that people might use domain names that could better reflect their business or their organization or themselves. So what we've tried to do with .eco is create something that's really unique in this application round, which is that built the support of the community into how we're going to run .eco. And I mean, we've talked about the whole whale and a big question for us was how do we use the whole .eco whale? We've got this opportunity to own this namespace, run it in collaboration with the community. What are all the ways that we could make .eco valuable as a name? How can we make .eco valuable to organizations? How can we embed the values of the sustainability community in this extension? So. It was a huge challenge for us, huge opportunity for the environmental community to have an impact with .eco and use .eco to help communicate their values. So that's really what we're trying to do with .eco is try and create a new type of TLD which really aligns with people's values and attracts people to use .eco uh, because they see it as communicating uh, their commitment to sustainability and the actions that they're taking on sustainability. Interesting. So, what's the uh, the qualifying measure? Can you know, you know, oil, you know, generic oil company dot eco, you know, any company kind of roll up and slap a dot eco on it? And is that your thought here, where it's like a secondary e, uh, TLD, or is it uh, a different approach? Where you're saying, you know, new people coming out, this is a, a new space for you to create your environmental type of campaigns or projects. The community has agreed that dot eco is meant to do two things, commitment and action. We're creating a trusted symbol for sustainability that differentiates the people who use it and communicate using it from people who aren't. There are people who care about the environment, who believe in sustainability, and who take action to support um, our planet uh, on a regular basis, and that's who .eco is for. It is not for people who are undermining that commitment or for working against it um, or who think climate change is a hoax. And I think today and, and certainly uh, looking at the consequences of this uh, recent American election, it's really important for us to advocate and make that commitment real. And ECO is meant to be that symbol for people. So that's interesting because we're talking about now um, both a combination of technically wide open internet where you know we're allowing voices to be heard to be fair, and now you're you're telling me that you're not going to allow my Trump.eco domain to go through. Um, what is your thinking and approach in terms of how that is approved and managed? Well, one of the fundamental aspects of .eco that we agreed with the community was transparency. So when somebody registers a .eco domain name, we ask them to tell us about some of their sustainability commitments, what they're doing related to the environment. And so there are all sorts of indicators that the 
environmental community has developed over the years. There's memberships and organizations, there's certifications, there's reporting standards, there's all of these sorts of frameworks that are great indicators of who's actually taking action and who's making a commitment and who's not. And so these are great proxies for us to help identify those companies or organizations or individuals that are taking action. And in turn, uh, internet users will see .eco domain names and know the people who have registered those names have actually made a commitment. So that transparency piece is absolutely central to what we're doing here. Okay, so walk me through this. I'm going to apply for Trump.eco, and it's basically going to be a long list of the ways that I do believe Trump's just going to you know, run roughshod over the environment and any progress we've made, and I just want to bring awareness to that. How much am I paying for this? Who's going to approve this? You know, what is the... What does that sort of beginning, middle, and end look like? So this is pretty uh, innovative uh, in terms of the way people interact with domain names. We're pulling together the concept that the term eco has meaning, and if you're going to use it, it's a privilege, not a right. You can register your domain name through any domain name registrar, the registrar that we've partnered with, just as normal. But before you can activate it, you need to answer some questions that help us understand who you are and what your commitments are. So we'll be looking for things like, I'm a member of an environmental organization. I am an environmental organization with an environmental mission in my bylaws. And here are some of the ways that I'm taking action in support of the environment. Um, it's fairly easy to get through those commitments and to make them real. Um, but we'll actually ask people to uh, do more than the minimum and fill out voluntary questions about things they're doing, their impacts, those sorts of things. You'll have to make that public, and that'll be a part of essentially an eco-profile that helps people who come to your .eco website understand uh, what your commitments are and what you're doing. We think that's a huge benefit for the community because it encourages, again, a recognition of commitment and fostering of action. And fundamentally, the environmental community is one of action. We can't get to a sustainable society and environment if we don't take action to uh, support those goals to move from where we are, which is currently unsustainable. Mm -hmm. And would, you, would there ever be a case where you can revoke this or choose not to renew as a yes. governing body? Yes, that's right. So we'll review a portion of the uh, applications uh, we'll, we'll review a portion of the domain names um, on an ongoing basis, and we'll accept complaints in from the community as to people who are misusing their .eco domain names. Um, but the, benefit, the, the role here is not really to be you know, judge, jury, and executioner of eco. Um, we want to make sure that eco represents a trusted commitment to sustainability, but it is also a place for you to learn and grow within the sustainability community. I think we have to think carefully about whether we're creating just an eco niche for the greenest of the green to be a part of .eco, or whether we're leveraging the internet to engage and involve new people in uh, a global effort to deal with some of these pressing challenges. And that's where we see .eco fitting. What is the cost? What is the price tag per year that, that is placed on it? Where does that money go? Is there anything unique about this? Yeah, the retail price is probably going to end up around $75 to $100 U.S. Um, we're in the process of working with uh, domain name registrars, or the retailers in this space, uh, to identify who's going to put .eco on their shelves and make it available to their customers. You know, you asked a great question before about uh, would you have a bunch of these domain names? And we definitely think that... You know, in this changed world where there are all of these options available to people that are registering domain names, all these new extensions, that people will 
uh, look at what extensions are out there that are meaningful to them as an organization or as a company or as an individual or for a campaign and identify what extension they want to use and add it to their portfolio of uh, tools that they have in the toolbox to use on a long-term basis, to use even on a short-term basis just for one-off campaigns and things like that. And so I definitely see the domain name space and how the domain name space has opened up in the last couple of years as a huge opportunity for organizations to think more carefully about how they're managing their domain name portfolios, or maybe just think differently about how they're managing their domain name portfolios and the new options that they've got available to them. Yeah, so let's move to that a little bit on the, you know, on a high level, do I need a .ngo, for example, uh, as a nonprofit? What are your thoughts? As a nonprofit, I think the main benefit of these new extensions is that there is an embarrassment of riches available to people um, to better communicate their campaigns. Instead of having really long, clunky URLs or having to think of so-and-so alliance Boston Green Organization.org, we can have very clear, simple, concise domain names. And we can also communicate something with that domain name ending. Right now, your domain name ending probably isn't really something you think about that much. Maybe it communicates that you're an organization, but actually there's no requirements around that. Maybe it communicates that you're a ninja because you've got a dot ninja. But wait a minute, you're telling me that a dot, dot .org has no qualifying standards for it? So, like, anybody can make a, a dot .org and there's nobody like you guys behind this? Oh, you didn't know that? Well, I'm playing a little dumb, Jacob, but <laughs> I'm, I'm playing, yeah, that's the, I play the voice that's inside the, this, like, listener's mind. It's like, oh, of course, dot .org. It's like greenpeace.org. Of course, they, you know, no one can just go and grab that. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so uh, that's one of the reasons why we saw the benefit of Eco is to just inject a little more meaning into that ending, that it says not just that I um, am an org or a com, but that I'm an eco, that I'm an environmental group or I'm a person or an individual or a product that has an environmental certification or a company that cares about the environment. Um, <clears throat> so that's the added value that we're really trying to bring. So let me play devil's advocate a little bit. I used to be the chief technology officer of DoSomething.org, and I, uh, under our domain portfolio, had a disgusting amount of domains that I would play defense against. As you imagine, with a name like DoSomething, there were a lot of iterations that we wanted to protect because, well, we needed to protect them. It seems like every time a new TLD opens up, it opens up a whole new world of brands that I need to defend for my organization. So help me out. I am a, you know, a mid-sized nonprofit. I'm probably over a million dollars um, in terms of annual operating revenue. I do have a domain that is, you know, definitely a, a reputation. Where, you know, where on your list am I looking to, to guard it? Let's say I'm uh, an environmental organization like a, you know, National Wildlife or something to that effect. What am I up to with regard to uh, my domain reputation protection? What domains, TLDs are you looking at when you when you manage that portfolio? Well, I think as as you know from your experience, these domain names are, are valuable assets and you want to either register them and use them or you want to protect them because they're valuable to your brand. And it's one of the uh, considerations that we've kept in mind as we've put .eco together and we've uh, tried to figure out how we can uh, benefit environmental organizations and um, organizations like Do Something, for example. Uh, 
all the way through this process. So they've helped us design .eco, they'll be involved in the governance going forward of .eco, and they'll benefit from, from .eco financially. There are a number of stages to how we'll launch this, and we've tried to accommodate organizations through all these stages. One of the first things that we're doing, which is totally novel, is trying to get some of the best keywords into the hands of organizations. We're running a grants program right now where we're trying to get 500 of the best eco names out into the hands of organizations in the community who can do great work with them. So these are great keywords like ocean.eco or bees.eco or whatever your campaign might be. There's an opportunity before this opens up to the general public to submit an application, talk about what you're doing, and potentially be granted one of these great names. So that's one way that we can get names into organizations' hands so they're not having to buy them on the open market. The other way is that at the beginning of next year, .eco will open up to trademark holders, but not just big companies that have trademarks. At the same time, organizations that may not have a trademark in multiple jurisdictions for their trade name or their commonly known name, we're giving those organizations an opportunity right up front before this goes to the general public to reserve their names. So we're trying to build in ways that we can accommodate those sorts of considerations that how organizations work and make sure that organizations are aware that this is happening and they can make the appropriate decisions internally about, you know, is this something that we want to be part of? Uh, do we want to be part of an extension that the community has helped to build that's really aligned with our values or are we going to look at our portfolio differently? Interesting. So <clears throat> let's talk about as you're, as you're looking to launch. I'm curious, you know, because this is a very meta concept. What are you looking to measure and tell whether or not you're succeeding? What are some of those numbers? How are you going to tell if things are working? It's a great question. Um, I think we're really excited about establishing .eco as a quality identifier for the community. So there will be an expectation that when people see a .eco domain name or they're looking for a .eco domain name because there's a verified commitment to sustainability and a bona fide approach to taking environmental action. There's a real opportunity to bring together the thousands of different groups and standards and certifications and uh, ways of calculating environmental performance and help expose people to those areas of learning and coordination and collaboration and scale them up. Right now, one of the things that we see and one of the things that's challenged us as uh, environmentalists for many years is that we all tend to work in our own silos and we can beaver away without really understanding um, all the great work that people are doing in different parts of the world. What attracted us to Dadiko was that it's immediately global, it's immediately at scale, it leverages existing internet infrastructure, and it's a powerful communications tool, whether it's used in an email or a website address or whether the keywords like food.eco or bank.eco or save the whales.eco are used in search engine optimization. So what I'm most excited about is the benefit that we're able to bring to the community. We're already over 300 grant applications from 30 countries. I'm really excited every time we see a great grant application come in for an organization that um, can really use it. 
um, it feels like we're generating impact. And over the next few years, uh, I'm just excited to see that impact unfold in terms of scaling up our ability to communicate our message to the broader world. Nice. So do you have, I mean, you mentioned the number 300 initial applications. Like, what is your goal, let's say, for next year in terms of overall applications? Well, we've set a target of 500 grant applications uh, for this grants period. Uh, we would love to uh, get those names out into the hands of the community. Uh, we've also got an opportunity uh, right off the top here, uh, beginning at the beginning of December, to launch the first 100 .eco names onto the internet. These are what we call the .eco champions. And so we're looking for leading organizations and leading companies and uh, leading campaigns, global campaigns that we can help to launch .eco with and help to communicate the sort of community that we're trying to build with .eco. And this really is a, is a community. And the way that we will judge success here is really in, are we uh, creating impact? Are we getting names into the hands of organizations that can use them? And are we fostering more transparency about what people are doing towards sustainability. And that's why over 50 of the world's largest and best known environmental organizations got behind this application. They saw an opportunity to help create and manage and steward this really unique resource uh, in the service of the community. Yeah, it seems like you've been able to pull together quite the coalition and been working on this for a little while. So. In this, in this question, you can jump in a time machine and travel back and talk to, you know, uh, younger Trevor and younger Jacob and say, hey, guys, this is what you should do differently. What does that conversation look like? At first, we thought, you know, um, our advice to ourselves would have been uh, plan for the long game and, you know, think about how to survive something that takes a lot longer than you thought it would. I mean, we thought this was going to take two years and it took eight um, because we were up against some really stiff competition um, from several different quarters um, that wanted to see Dot Eagle become a pure, purely commercial enterprise and prevent all the things that we're doing now to generate impact from happening. Um, but the more we talked about it, the more we thought that, in fact, the, the delay was actually helpful to us in many cases. It gave us more time to communicate uh, with the community. It gave the community more time to work together uh, and it gave us a chance to really build that big global coalition. So our advice to ourselves would be not just plan for the long game, but think about how to take advantage of that time and use that time uh, to make sure that uh, you win in the best way possible. And when you win, you know how to take advantage of that win. I don't know, Trev, would you, would you add anything to that? Oh, I totally agree. I mean, I think what we've done here is so common in this space. I think it's one of the reasons that organizations have stuck with us for so long is that it's so common for environmental campaigns to run over years. And it takes a long time for things to move sometimes. And uh, and that presents really unique challenges. You know, it's uh, it leads to burnout. It leads to coalitions dissolving. It leads to challenges in keeping awareness up uh, among supporters and things like that. 
you know, if you can, if you can stick it out and stay the course and just keep communicating and keep, uh, keep being honest with your supporters about where you're at in the process and what's happening, then we've found that it's paid huge dividends and, uh, it's given me a huge amount of confidence for, for the, uh, for the ability of the community to overcome setbacks and to, um, to work on what are really long-term vexing problems in many cases. Um, you know, it's one thing for us to create a new domain. It's another thing to work on climate. It's another thing to work on marine protected areas. These are long challenges. And uh, so we really want to support that great work that's out there happening in the community. And this is a great example of organizations coming together to create this space for all of us to use. Well, it's really exciting that you're creating an entire, you know, place on the internet essentially for for this great work that that supports our planet and the environment as you've been working in the in the field and in the sector uh, and a broader question what what do you feel the environmental nonprofit sector should should stop doing with regard to their digital work say um i would say that i am not an expert uh in the digital sector uh we have been very focused on making sure that this tiny part of the whale can be made useful in the same way that um, people look at uh, the way cars are run and say, you know what, these could be electric and we need to create that option for people. We've tried to look at this domain name space and say this is an underutilized piece of infrastructure and we can do great things with it if we work hard to, to create a new space here and to think about how we can align it with the vision of the community. But I would be pretty wary about treading into other people's expertise and just say that our job is really to kind of serve people who are uh, in the trenches trying to make change in the digital space. And we think this is one new tool that they can add to their toolbox. What is the most clever usage? And I know this is tough because it's just through grants so far, but what is the most clever usage that you've seen, at least in the you know 300 or so grants uh, that you've gotten so far around .eco usage and domain and how you can apply that? <laughs> you know, I'll just – let me add one quick thing onto what Jacob was saying. I uh, Like him, I'm very cautious to wade into an area that's not our expertise, but um, – I do think that one of the things that .eco is a great example of is organizations coming together and collaborating. And so it's not so much an answer to what the sector should stop doing, but it's really what the sector should keep doing or do more of. It was really inspiring to us to work with organizations of uh, all different stripes uh, that had all sorts of different orientations and approaches who all recognize the common good value of what we're trying to build in this space. And so there are some great examples of collaboration in the digital space. You know, I think of something like the Mobilization Lab. Um, it's a great opportunity for organizations to, you know, work in a, in a non-competitive environment and talk about what's working and what's not and share that sort of learning. And, you know, it's certainly seeing support from organizations from all around the world was hugely um, motivating to us. And uh, I hope uh, there's more of that uh, going forward. So wait a minute, no crazy story about someone trying to get like uh, dirt.eco because they're like trying to protect the dirt in their backyard. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> that's a great that's a great one um no there's been some really there's been some really uh interesting applications in so far i'll be honest we're super focused on getting the word out because we're on a tight timeline so we haven't taken the time to to do a close look for some of the more chaotic um applications but there are definitely some great uh mammals and some great issues that great organizations have applied for so that is very heartwarming to see um but yeah, I imagine there'll be some fun ones and it'll be fun to promote those too, actually. I'm, I think the small organizations that get really great keywords are, are going to be uh, huge allies going forward and huge examples of, of how we can use this space in an innovative way. And, and just to build on what Trevor was saying, I think, you know, uh, working at the bridge of the environmental and internet spaces, we've definitely seen... Uh, that the internet loves collaboration. You know, if you look at internet service providers, they co-locate at internet exchange points to speed up traffic. Um, Dotico is an example of, you know, co-locating around infrastructure to create efficiencies. Um, it's how the internet was built. Uh, and I think starting any effort on the internet should start from the point of who else is doing this and how can we work with them? Yeah, this is fantastic. I mean, uh, this is exactly the wrong type of thing for me because I'm a bit of a domain junkie and I already want to go get dirt. I want to go get Trump, but I got to go get some whole whale dot eco. Um, nice. My <laughs> list is just scattering to the wind as we speak, so I, I should probably pause this brainstorm and move to very clearly, guys. Thank you for jumping on here. Thank you for your work on dot eco. But how do people find you and how do people help you? Yeah, this has been great, George. Thanks a lot for taking the time to talk to us. It's been fun to talk through this. And uh, I'm glad that you're starting to brainstorm a list. I think there's an opportunity for all sorts of people and organizations to to think about what they might want to do with this uh, with this namespace. It's wide open. Everything is available right now. It's the, probably the first time ever for a lot of organizations that an entire namespace has been open to apply for absolutely anything they want. So it's... Uh, it's like we're giving away presents, which is exciting. Um, the best place to find us is right now you can go to nic.eco. And from there, you can get to the grants application page. And uh, you can apply until the 16th of December. Awesome. And I feel like I just came up with this thought. I can't believe you didn't jump on it, and you can save it for the next time you have to answer the question of what the nonprofit environmental sector should stop doing. You mentioned it in our talk. It's coming up with these, like, crazy, long, nonsensical, keep Boston greener than it was yesterday, but not too green for other people to stay involved with .org and just go with a .eco. <laughs> Indeed. No one has applied for podcast.eco yet, I'll say. Oh boy! Oh, oh boy! Stop. <laughs> Guys, you're gonna bankrupt me on this uh, on this call. I gotta end this. Oh, they're this grants. Worse. They're grants. <laughs> uh, great. So once again, you can go to nic.eco, apply for one of these grants. It seems like there's a couple hundred left. Uh, yeah, I would just encourage you to apply. Absolutely, and uh, we haven't awarded any yet. Um, and. Uh, our goal is to make sure there are no losers. So put an application in and we'll be in touch. If you can't get the name you want, we'll be in touch to try and work with you. Awesome. And again, the deadline is? December 16th. December 16th, 2016. Get it done. And then after that, people can then find it in main registries, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, beginning next year, 
starting in February, we'll have an opportunity for organizations to register their names and then available to the general public at the end of April. So check out nic.eco, head over there, sign up to the mailing list, follow us on Twitter, and we'll keep you posted on when you can get your name. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time, gentlemen, and good luck. Thanks so much, Arjun. Well, I was really excited to have these guys on and, you know, you could hear me coming up with silly ideas that I want to go and go run off and register. And I hope it gave you some thoughts as well of whether or not you want to park uh, unique uh, intellectual property that points to your organization uh, or organizations that you know that you want to pass this along to. It's a great opportunity to, to reclaim some domains that, that are relevant to you. I've, uh, you know, I've had to deal with domainers in the past. These are people that buy up, you know, tens of thousands of uh, uh, of these domain addresses and they make it really difficult to get your unique name or something that's relevant to your organization and you know what frankly there's not like a finite number of ideas out there so we need to be expanding the web we need to be expanding uh, the way also we provision these addresses so that it doesn't happen again so that don't you have because you don't have a bunch of domainers, you know, people that are profiting off of the buying and then markup and sale uh, of domains by properly provisioning them and making sure that there are reputable organizations behind them. Uh, it's, a, it's an exciting, daunting, staggeringly huge task to take on, but these guys have approached it in a methodical way, and, you know, I hope, they, uh, I hope they're able to crush it. I hope Dideco actually helps... Uh, do significant things uh, in terms of supporting environmental organizations do the critical work that uh, they certainly uh, certainly need to all right you know where to find those resources this is episode 59 uh, and remember those grants are open at nic.eco uh, thanks for joining us as always this has been using the whole whale for more resources on today's show, please visit wholewhale.com slash podcast and consider following us on Twitter at wholewhale. And thanks for joining us. Today's intro, outro, and interlude music brought to you by gregthomasmusic.org. This guy's fantastic. He also just so happens to be on the Whole Whale team, so you know where to find him if you're looking for him.